Welcome to Live, Work, Play. Today I'm joined by Bob Pizalco. Hopefully I'm saying that right, Bob. <laughs> close. Uh, Miss Balco. There's, yeah, the P is pronounced, but you were very close for getting the Ukrainian name right. <laughs> yeah, not my forte, but uh, probably not the yeah. first time it's happened. I, and I, I know the feeling that I'm not one of those people uh, that uh, gets too worried about how people pronounce my name in the end. But we're joined by Bob, and he is uh, the executive director of Hub uh, Hub Area, which is a, a regional economic development uh, uh, authority in, uh, I guess you'd say, northeast Alberta, uh, in that area. Um, so welcome, Bob. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity to uh, have a chat about economic development on a regional basis, Paul. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me on. And yeah, I, uh, I'm the executive director of Alberta Hub, one of the nine regional economic development alliances across Alberta. Our formal name is the Northeast Alberta Information Hub, and we're fondly known as Alberta Hub. It takes less words to get it out. So uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, to have a chat with you. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I, I guess you could say uh, when you get to the technical uh, legal name, uh, creatures that are developed through government tend to have these long, long names. And uh, Alberta Hub kind of yeah. rolls off the tongue a little bit better than that, hey? Well, correct. You you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Well, it'd be really good, I think, to maybe talk a little bit about your region and the communities that you're serving. Uh, if you could give us a bit of a breakdown, I think that would help kind of give us an overview as we get going. Yeah, uh, sounds like a fantastic place to start. Uh, right now, Alberta Hub has a total of 46 members. Uh, the majority, 32 of them, are municipalities, counties, towns, villages, uh, as well as four First Nations, four Métis settlements, we do have uh, two colleges and the University at Blue Quills uh, as members. And then we have our business and industry. We have three business and industry uh, members. So our region, uh, for those of you who can picture in your mind, Highway 16 going east from Edmonton, Lloyd Minster is our southern boundary. And then we go north from there up all the way to the Saskatchewan border, you know, encompasses Cold Lake, Lac La Biche, Athabasca County, and then comes back down through Thorhill and Lamont. So, yeah, we're situated east, northeast. I know some people, when they hear northeast Alberta, will think of a Fort McMurray, uh, our neighbor to the north, but we don't go quite, that, quite that far uh, there. So, uh, yeah, that's who currently are uh, members of Alberta Hub. And what would you say, Bob, are the, the key industries that uh, you deal with in the region? Uh, two come to mind right away, of, of course, oil and gas. Uh, as you know, the Fort McMurray, you know, sits on the Athabasca oil sands. And then as you come south uh, into the MD of Bonneville and Lac La Biche, all the way to east side of the St. Paul County and touching County Vermilion River, we sit on the Cold Lake oil sands. So we produce the bitumen through the CHOPS method, the cold heavy oil production. Uh, uh, gravity screw pumps bring the bitumen out. So we 
oil and gas was, is a major uh, driver. Of course, uh, when the downturn happened around 2014, that really affected our area. However, we produce quite a bit uh, of the bitumen here, up to 25 to 30%. And we do have the SAG-D operations because basically what they're mining in Fort McMurray, you know, 100 meters below the surface, we're going as far down as a thousand to two thousand meters to bring it up so it, that's the oil and gas is a major economic uh driver and of course to the west the western part of the alberta hub region we have the conventional oil where lamont county thorhill you know minburn does touch on the bitumen but uh, they have conventional so oil and gas major driver agriculture is another strong uh, sector for us that drives the economy. Uh, CFB four-wing, aerospace, uh, technology defense, uh, you know, the future fighter program, the uh, jets that are landing uh, through the federal government procurement, uh, Lockheed Martin. So there's real opportunities at CFB four-wing, uh, major construction projects uh, that are happening that current businesses can leverage and uh, increase their market share as well as the major primes uh, like uh, uh, Periton, Raython, CAE that are here. So a lot of uh, opportunity there. Tourism uh, is really being focused on here, emerging. Oh, stepping back to the aerospace technology and defense, uh, the drones, the UAVs uh, is showing a real opportunity for our area across the sectors of agriculture, oil and gas, into emergency uh, services and areas like that. Forestry, the Athabasca, Lac Labiche is another industry that we have uh, going here. And uh, yeah, so those would be the, the primary industries in the Alberta hub region. And uh, not far off from what you might see in other parts of Alberta with some you know, changes obviously in uh, certain things that are happening there in terms of aerospace, uh, which is pretty unique. Um, not to mention just the way that oil and gas functions in the region. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, if you were looking at some growth areas uh, within Alberta Hub, uh, what are what are some of the uh, opportunities that you see have the best potential? It would have to focus around the agriculture value add. Uh, you made a very important statement that, you know, when I mentioned oil and gas is important to the hub region, it's across the province, northwest or southeast or, you know, the any areas. The agriculture, the same thing. However, each region like Alberta Hub is slightly different or different because in our case, we don't have irrigation needs like southern Alberta. And of course, the climate in southern Alberta is a lot different than ours, where, you know, sugar beets are grown uh, down south. So in the Alberta hub, we have to be very strategic and research based. Uh, one shining example is the growth of the industrial hemp industry, biocomposites. We are very happy to have Innotech Alberta based out of Vegreville that has done the majority of research uh, with hemp fiber. Uh, that opens up opportunities there, along with a lot of other research they do at Innotech across other industries. But 
the hemp, we have the northern advantage for growing it. And over the years, we've seen investment with decortication plants. Canadian Rockies Hemp Corporation, based out of Bruderheim, has opened up a facility to, you know, manufacture the hemp fiber or the herd and uh, resulting in a value-added product for the textile industry or uh, the building industry. Uh, Inca Renewtech is they're looking seriously coming close to establishing a presence in the Vegreville area uh, in the town of Vegreville to produce you know hemp fiber for the I'll use companies like Toyota, uh, John Deere, Winnebago and even the opportunity for wind turbine blades the herd that's being used from hemp which will replace the balsam wood, one of the hardest woods that is currently being used. So the agriculture part of it, and as well as the vertical farming uh, aspect of value-added food, we have greenhouses here that, you know, are looking to scale up value-added production in your fruits and vegetables as well. So agriculture, you know, based on what's happening in the world today, uh food, the safety of food, that's a real opportunity for the Alberta hub region. No doubt. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind uh, when I'm talking to you, Bob, is there are many, uh, well, I shouldn't say many, but there's a, a number of different uh, regional economic development uh, uh, areas in Alberta. Uh, you're in one of those that seems to be thriving, and there are other examples out there that seem to be kind of languishing or struggling uh, to kind of gain momentum and, you know, uh, escape velocity will say to, to get moving and 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 survive what is it about uh alberta hub that you think has made it more effective uh in in comparison to your peers uh that's a great question uh, and i believe it comes down to regional economic development the two examples i gave uh about hemp decortication and i mentioned Canadian Rockies is in Bruderheim. However, that's not a Bruderheim project. I could say, yes, they're established there. But when the number one question comes in that how much hemp is grown in your region, are growers and producers opening, that brings in a regional aspect. And I'm very happy to say, and you know, it, it smiles because my members, the Alberta Hub members, realize the regional approach. It's not about the individual community anymore. <clears throat> I grew up in this area, uh, around the L Point area, and I'm old enough to remember where L Point had, a, that's where Zeroni Motors car dealership started. We had a men's clothing store, you know, population, our schools were full. However, that's been changing over time. And, you know, some communities we've lost, uh, they've dissolved. However, the Alberta Hub members realize we need to collaborate more and Alberta Hub's focus is promoting each community, each member in a regional context. And Paul, as you know, as long, you know, with everybody listening, you know, when community or businesses want to scale up, it's not they're in a community, but they realize the trading area and the people around them, you know, where business comes in. And our communities and members have really understood that and working together and see that 
you know, it's advantage for the urbans and rurals to work together to increase investment, you know, attract employment and develop a skill set. That's where our colleges come into play. We've really broken down the silos because when you view Alberta Hub, I view it as a table of four chairs, communities in one, post-secondary education in two, business and industry, and of course, the government, the government of Alberta, along with the federal government, all have a role to play in this. So to me, that is our number one strength and understanding of the regional approach. It's not in order for me to grow, I need my neighbor to be strong. And this even overlaps into uh, the assets or the infrastructure required like broadband, highways, that everybody needs to work together to address these problems it's it's not a one-off it's not just about one thing so i'm very very honored to you know that my members have this philosophy and, and we move it forward and to grow the organization to increase the networking and working together sure what would you say is you know are are some of the factors bob in knocking down those silos and, and bringing communities together so that there is kind of more of a teamwork approach? Uh, it, it's, it's interesting because the majority, if not all communities right now, are working together in other areas, healthcare, uh, recreation, uh, education, uh, water lines, regional water lines. So there's already an existing example of regional collaboration. Now we bring that into the economic development world because everything that Alberta Hub does does it through an economic development lens. I've 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 defined economic development of creating wealth in the community, and that can be defined as a young family moving in, or you know a major million dollar investment. But it's it's it's. Sorry, repeat the question again, Paul. Sorry, I just I lost my train well, of thought. I just really wanted to know more about what have been the major factors in knocking down the silos that might be in place when you when you start talking about regionally uh, getting into economic development and supporting economic development. Uh, maybe to back that up and sort of give some context, I'd say there are certainly examples out there where. Uh, regional economic development uh, groups struggle. And uh, one of the reasons they struggle is that they are not doing a good job at uh, the value proposition that if we work together, we will get more in the end. Um, there must be a, a very good culture in the Alberta Hub region to say that with the number and cross-section of members that you have, and you, you spoke to, uh, universities and First Nations and Métis settlements uh, as examples, that isn't necessarily the case in other parts of Alberta. So uh, in, in that sense, I think you're you're kind of unique. It, got it. <laughs> unique. It, it's as simple as everybody coming around the table and having a discussion and being honest, because you're right, there's a lot of different players and you know, it, it, it's and that's one of the main things Alberta brings. It brings all the main players and I use the, the word players 
having a discussion because you're right when and I'll use this example the mandate of Alberta hub along with the other Rita's basically comes down to enabling investment uh, business support entrepreneurship and community capacity building and an understanding but that isn't done individually so when a community has joined Alberta hub that opens the door if they have a chamber of commerce chamber of commerce are critical in in economic development uh community futures has a has a great role to play we have the rins the regional innovation networks that are there. there there's numerous organizations and i ensure that they are aware of what alberta hub is doing and understanding the mandate it's sharing information and it's very important to understand like with communities being in a regional context it doesn't take away from your autonomy to do what you want but i'm leveraging your resources and whether they are leveraging what you're doing and uh, you know whether we have additional funding that can approach on a regional basis to address concerns from communities or universities and that includes first nations and, and metis settlements but it's it's amazing when people come around the table through an economic development lens that they see that the other communities have so much in common with them and have that regional approach. And when you have a village of, say, 200 people alongside a city of 20,000 people, each one has a role. They didn't know it, but after discussion, so networking, sharing of resources and having that conversation and understanding my role. You know, and you could even encompass internally like you know when i talk to communities every department within that community that municipality has a role to play in economic development they just didn't view their role through an economic development lens and once you understand that then we can work together like planning and development and economic development go hand in hand one can't work without the other they need to understand so again closing those gaps i'll hold uh, regional economic development meetings and i'll invite caos uh, economic development officers of course or anybody that that works in economic development plus planning and development so everybody's on the same page and that's where the the ability to see through that lens your position without taking away what your position does for that municipality that's the culture change and it starts with the leadership mayors reeves uh councillors you know and uh the administration that's where it all starts and breaking down those silos and then reaching out to your chambers of commerce sharing of information and you know as well as maintaining what their mandate is you know for their members so that that to me is where i'd put the the success the success on no doubt one of the things uh that i'm really interested in bob and in the past we spoke a little bit about this but uh you're unique uh, in the sense that you've been able to engage with uh, some of the first nations partners and metis settlements you have any sort of tips to share with economic developers in Alberta I just say on the side I think Alberta as a whole is is behind in this in this way but you guys kind of stand out as as being uh, a lot more active than what I currently see 
at least in southern Alberta. Is there anything you could share with us to kind of for someone who is looking at getting uh, more engaged with their uh, First Nations in their region? Again, another another great question. It, it, again, it, it all starts with having a conversation and understanding the needs and wants of, of a community. And as we all know, Métis settlements and First Nations, you know, are they different set up? Yeah, they are differently set up. But it's amazing for me that they have the same wants, needs and concerns that we have. Non-Aboriginal communities, you know, have. And it's just having that conversation and understanding. It was very important for me, even though I grew up in Northeast Alberta, I'm very familiar with our Métis neighbors and, and First Nations. However, I didn't understand totally how Métis settlements and First Nations operate. And I can't thank the leaders of the Métis settlements and First Nations that sat me down and explained to me so I understood what their community's needs and wants and how they approach it because every municipality or organization promotes it. And it's, it's very important for me to understand and educate myself their operate and i came to the conclusion and like i say i'm i'm i know the leaders and people of of all the neighbors and i told them i says we're all in this together you know it's no more separate because i do use this analogy if i came to two doors and one said economic development and the other one said indigenous or aboriginal economic development what would be the difference the, you know because yes i can't not go and buy a quarter of land on a Métis settlement because of how the settlements are arranged. But that opens up the door for partnerships, employment. Like we are trying to address a labor shortage. There's major opportunity on Métis settlements in First Nations. There's an excellent labor force, requires training. Portage College, University of Blue Quills, Lakeland College in my area play a very important role in that. However, the chance for Lakeland College and the other colleges to sit down with First Nations at a table to learn about each other and have that discussion. And I'd like to give kudos out to, you know, Stan DeLorne, the, the chairman of Buffalo Lake Métis Settlement. You know, he educated me and opened, and it it's the ability to understand the other person, what they want, before we try and help or work together kind of thing, Paul. So, yeah, it's it's having a discussion, understanding, and then moving forward that everybody knows, you know, what everybody else knows kind of thing. That, that to me, it's not a secret. It's just going out and having those down-to-earth conversations. Well, and I think this is one of the barriers that uh, economic developers face is just how to start that conversation. Uh, it, it can require a little bit of courage to go in and, and engage in that kind of a discussion when you really don't know and you have to be willing to sit and listen and under and try to understand uh the perspectives uh that would would not be any different really than if you were talking to uh other stakeholders that you've dealt with in the past but it, it it's just this you know first uh initial contact i think it makes it so hard for people to kind of overcome that. 
yeah yeah and you know it's just like you know i mentioned stan from buffalo lake or you know the the folks at the fishing lake i advise just take a drive you know and and go to go to these communities go to these settlements and understand and it it it, it blows my mind from their uh, the natural beauty of these communities and they have a lot going for them but you need you exactly right take the initiative and go and not maybe necessarily have a formal conversation but just go and have a conversation and uh i've been blessed that you know people have been very honest with me and you know like i say the education of the culture and how people think and what is important to them before because i'm not going to go in and say oh you should do this you should do that no you need to understand and educate we're all different but we're all the same and you find those you know those commonalities that everybody benefits uh the latest great example frog lake first nations joined alberta hub this past year and the chief and council there very open to talking with the neighbors you know they're talking about some major projects and they talk about the whole region non-aboriginal communities being involved they see that it's not just about us anymore you know we need to work with our neighbors and uh to me that's that is so critical the first step and then you get into the process of how do we help assist and move forward so yeah that's that's been alberta hub success in that aspect that's uh so awesome bob and uh so great that you're able to facilitate those relationships um yeah talked, you talked a little bit about hemp and some of the other uh opportunities in the region and uh anyone who is anyone in the world of hemp knows uh dr Jan slasky from inotech uh in vegreville uh just an absolute uh god in the hemp uh space in alberta in particular but across canada and, and internationally um could you talk a little bit more about some of the different products that uh hemp uh makes possible uh as we as we kind of look at building that market uh, yeah getting back <clears throat> i had the pleasure of meeting dr jan slasky 12 years ago he came and gave a presentation at the uh ag day uh <clears throat> in in two hills and uh, i got to meet him and yeah jan has is become a very uh good friend of mine along the way and his research research for hemp which is one of the commodities that can actually attract investment to rural alberta and i cited two examples uh earlier the products uh are numerous and of course uh you know like blue sky uh is a company that likes the you know utilization of the full plant so you have the hemp seed you have uh you know the fiber which includes the herd uh as well as the cbd uh aspect which i've been on hemp cbd now for five six years and even though i don't have any uh scientific proof it has done wonders for me in uh, mobility in my sleeping so the products like i say hemp hearts for the seed uh the seed itself can be squeezed to get hemp oil seed and that's not the cbd oil that i was referring to and of course the fiber the outside of the stock that is used in textiles uh and other fiber applications and then you have the herd 
the woody part of the stalk that's used in hempcrete, uh, animal bedding there. So the number of products that can be produced from hemp is, is incredible on that. The unfortunate part about hemp, it's still a controlled substance. And that is a major barrier. Uh, I would say 50% of the barrier would be barriers for the hemp industry to grow would be taking it out of the controlled substance. Now, having said that, over the years, they've made it easier for a grower to grow hemp getting a license. Five, 10 years ago, major paperwork to be done. They've simplified it. However, a license is still needed. So again, the products and the hemp industry, we have the Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance, uh, our national uh, organization promoting hemp has done numerous work. The Alberta Hemp Alliance started up a couple of years ago. They are focused on that and educating because hemp, as we know, is very environmentally friendly. Uh, research, getting back to Dr. Jan Slasky, shows that if you seed a commodity after a hemp, crop, your yield can go up as much as 10, 12% without ad additional inputs like fertilizer. So I bring that up, you know, where you mentioned about what products, but when we're looking at replenishing the soil, hemp helps the farmers in that aspect, then it can attract investment in rural Alberta to, we have these decortication plants that can provide you the final product of hemp to make your t-shirts, your textiles, you know, CBD, uh, you know, the hempcrete blocks and everything like that. It's, it's, there is value there for us, but again, that controlled substance and hopefully that is addressed soon and hemp can take its rightful place in the world that we want. No doubt. Well, I think uh, you know we're we're sort of in this space uh, just up before an election in Alberta right now. Uh, but agnostically, if we talk about the value of what governments can do in terms of facilities like Innotech and essentially uh, supporting the research and development side, um, yeah, are there any other things out there? You mentioned uh, aerospace. And, and some of the UAV work that's happening around uh, Bonneville and Cold Lake. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about that? Mm. Yeah, regarding the, uh, you know, the aerospace, what's happening at, you know, CFB Four Wing and these major prime companies that are coming in and the labor force required. I know Alberta Hub, we did a report uh, on aerospace and UAV back in 2019, highlighting the opportunities and the city of Cold Lake and this is, a, again, an example of what Alberta Hub does at the ground level. We did a regional report and the opportunities in aerospace. The city of Cold Lake took that report. And one of the areas was the lack of uh, employees in the aircraft maintenance engineering. Now, the CFB Four Wing, the city of Cold Lake is an ideal pl place because you have Portage College that has a campus there. So they were looking at bringing a curriculum in, curriculum for aircraft maintenance engineers at Portage in Cold Lake, and then the practicum can be done right on base. So there's a great example 
of what can happen, you know, at a regional, what opportunities, because businesses didn't look at CFB4 wing as an economic driver. And whether it's supplying uh, local food uh, there to services, products, yes, you have to go through, you know, protocol and security checks. It's no different than working in oil and gas. If I want to operate an oil well, I need to be trained up and have those curriculum. So there's major opportunities there, construction with the uh, future fighter base. Ellis Don has the contract to build those hangars, 19,000 square feet. So there's a lot of opportunity, you know, on the base, ongoing supplying services and products, plus this major investment. And these primes have also gone to our manufacturers in our region that have been serving the oil and gas. They have the capability of producing that widget that the aerospace industry needs. So that really opens up a lot of activity and opportunity for businesses that it currently exists, as well as attracting investment. The UAV sector, you know, again, uh, working, you know, with companies right now, I know Atco Electric is currently using drones uh, to monitor their grid uh, pipeline inspections. However, unlike the hemp industry or like the hemp industry, right now drones can't be flown further than you can see it beyond visual line of sight. And I know at the recent EDA conference, those great panels that spoke to this, uh, Arium Analytics, Canadian UAVs, that they're developing that drones can fly in the same airspace very safely along with airplanes. So that opens up the opportunity, getting back to Cold Lake. Uh, they're looking at their regional airport, a training center with the possibility of drone pilots because the demand for drone pilots is through the roof. And of course, drones and then the technology that's being developed to serve that specific sector, technology in ag to monitor crops, technology in oil and gas to monitor pipelines, technology for, you know, Atco Electric there. Uh, the foremost range down in Southeast Alberta in the Palliser region, my colleague down at PEP, you know, they've done phenomenal work. And can we look at corridors where freight delivery can be done by drones? Uh, there's been numerous articles and activity down in the States where drones are being used to in the medical, uh, even one instance where a heart transplant, they couldn't match the timing with airplanes and a drone was used very successfully to deliver that heart. So the drone and we're talking UAVs, the aerial, there's terrestrial uh, as well. So our region with the boreal forest and forest fire monitoring, drones can play an integral part in that. We offer the boreal forest, the parkland, and the prairies to do drone testing and flying. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in the hub region in regards to technology development, research, and commercialization. That is so cool, Bob. And, and I, <laughs> I have seen a little bit of... Uh, uh, work being done. I think there was an example based in Africa of uh, medical uh, use of drones and just how much of a game changer that can be, uh, especially when you see, you know, 
remote areas where where there's a lack of service and how how that could be met uh, with some of this technology. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Bob, is uh, you know we're we're active in the economic development community here. Um, there's good things happening. There's areas where we can all improve and do things differently. Uh, do you have any thoughts around uh, you know what what the future of economic development should look like? Wow, that's a $64 million question. <laughs> uh, again, it's, I think, you know, and it, again, a, a, a great question, because I ask, I've been with Alberta Hub now for over 12 years, and as time goes by, I always ask myself about the organization, are we evolving? Are we addressing, are we relevant? You know, 99.999% uh, I say we are, getting back to my previous conversation and the questions you asked about regional is the new local. Okay, so we've involved, you know, the regional aspect, because I asked every one of my members, I said, everything Alberta Hub does, what's the number one thing you would really like to see happen? And of course, the answer was obvious, you know, but I needed to ask the question, we want to see more wealth creation and basically it comes to businesses now having said that at the same time with digital technology broadband online the current state of our communities bricks and mortar property taxes you know paul when somebody asks me a question like you just did i always start out not in this case but i usually go i need to apologize because i can't answer your question without attaching everything else to what is economic development okay and it, you know are we our narrative our story you said it earlier our value proposition we can't be everything to everybody you know in areas so what does economic development look like in the future the end result what communities want people want to see is investment taxes employment because that supports our social fabric, our education, our health care. So it's the ability to tell the whole story. And, you know, there's a process to it and how that changes and what economic developers do. And getting back to what I said earlier about how Alberta Hub has evolved more into an investment focus and i say that under our mandate because the other organizations i spoke to they fill in all the other gaps i think for economic development to you said what does it look like it, it's that it goes back to our earlier conversation involving those organizations under a collaborative model and everybody plays their role and shares information to achieve the end result of what our members want. I don't think my actual activities is going to change if I'm still around five years from now, but it'll involve more of a collaborative and what's happening. And you, when you highlighted InnoTech, the, one of the main reasons we are seeing hemp investment in our region is because of Innotech. That's where it starts. 
and the relationship we have with Innotech, research support, they help communities, which leads them to look for a place to set up their operations. And Innotech being a very, it's a provincial body, well, they work very closely with Invest Alberta, Alberta Ag and Irrigation, and then the RITAs come into play. So that to me is identifying those entities that start the process for in investment to take place. It doesn't start with a guy like me. You mentioned earlier, I facilitate, I connect the dots, I, I share information. That's what Alberta Hub does. But knowing what is driving that investment and identifying, you know, the applied research that Lakeland College does, Innotech does, Portage, that's where it starts because you're taking applied research to commercialization and you identify the investors that say, hey, we need that support. Well, by having Innotech and Alberta Hub Region just added to our value proposition. So, Paul, again, I apologize for being long winded. How will, you know, economic development look like? To me, it's more of a focus of of those entities are sharing, working together and moving forward as a collective group. And wherever that investment shows up will be a decision made by the investor based on everything, as long as we are presenting our value proposition specifically to what that investment needs. And and please, and that, that even applies to our existing businesses. It's not just about attraction, it's our local businesses, our regional businesses that need that same support to, you know, to move forward. So, Paul, hopefully I answered your question. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was a pretty broad one, Bob. So thanks for, for taking yeah. it on. Um, you know, I think uh, you talked a little bit about your definition of economic development, but uh, one of the things I think about is what is an economic developer? And an economic developer, at least my definition would be, uh, so you're a, you're a connector, uh, you're a collaborator, and you're acting as a catalyst to make things happen. And so, so those, those are characteristics I think that a lot of people in this business share. Um, what's your definition? Of an economic development officer? Yeah. I, I think you, no, I, I agree with your definition. The only thing I would add to that it's interesting that we try, I mentioned, I promote these industries, agriculture, oil and gas, tourism, forestry, manufacturing, all of it. But then I ask myself, I says, well, Bob, what do you know about those industries that you're trying to promote? I was blessed to grow up on a farm, so I know agriculture. Yes, it's changed over the years, but I understand agriculture. I also had the opportunity to work in oil and gas operated oil wells, operated gas wells. I've uh, been involved in tourism. My background is communications, marketing. You know, I was in radio for a number of years. And the, I, I believe economic developers need to understand, to a point, the industry they're trying to promote. So what would I add to that list of what an economic developer is? Collaborator, connector, facilitator. 
but also more knowledgeable about the industries you're trying to to promote. So I don't know what label you'd put that that on. And again, I <laughs> I tell people I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, and I just know enough to be dangerous. You know, I'll never know the internal workings of a hemp decortication plant, but I've got a pretty good idea how that works, how a farmer cuts it, bales it, transportation costs, and it all leads into that. So that's the only other thing that other item I would that economic developers, you know, we understand templates, RFPs, you know, all that stuff, but a more emphasis on the industries that we're trying to promote in our specific areas. And having said that, I know quite a few of my colleagues, if not all of them, have that education. But again, at the same time, I talked about drones. I've been working on the drone file for six years and I'm always learning you know, and understand. Now, I don't know the exact, you know, I know there's 24 regulation or 24 services required for an RPAS uh, traffic management uh, traffic management system for drones to fly. What those 24 services are, have no idea yet. I have some. Yeah, so it, it's being not very knowledgeable in that value proposition in industries that you're, you're going after. Well, and I think you make a great point there. Uh, really if you wanted to put a label on that economic developers are constant learners and yes. and that's really and you have to be prepared to learn new things uh you can't just put your feet up and say well here i am i'm sitting in my chair and uh everything's just going to come to me you have to go out you have to be prepared to dig you have to uh prepare, be prepared to make connections and ask questions and uh, you know, I think those are some characteristics of uh, really good economic development professionals that are out there. And and just to add to that, I mentioned earlier about how close we work with planning and development. So that same information that I learn, it's only powerful when I share it. So I ensure that, you know, planning and development, a, a great case is like I mentioned about ag you know and the amount of land some of these investors need for their whether it's vertical farming so does a planning and development person know that if they're looking at an industrial park and it's ag focused we must start at having available 15 acre lots or 20 acre lots you know a lot of stuff is done without having that information so again an economic developer educating and gathering information but you need to share it it's very imperative that other people you work with very closely are aware of what you've learned. So true. And I know of examples where uh, you, you are working with planning and development and you come across a section of a land use bylaw as an example, and it turns out that what you're proposing doesn't fit. And there has to be some kind of a change that uh, is introduced in order to make it work. Uh, in a new context and you know nothing uh, nothing against planners or, or development officers but their job is to essentially uh, officiate the rules of the land use bylaws that they uh, are are in charge of but uh, yep. exactly right the vertical farming is is an example where if you said well we're going to have a uh, industrial greenhouse downtown uh, which would have been a, a definition of vertical farming before you uh, introduced it to the world a few years back. Uh, 
the answer would be no. So uh, economic developers are in a position where uh, in some cases, they're dangerous generalists that have to learn everything and then educate <laughs> those around them as to the new context that uh, yep. uh, an opportunity presents. So so I think yeah. that's great that you pointed that out, Bob. And uh, there's so many examples out there. It's, it's hard to predict what's coming down uh, in the future, but technology informs some of that, but also... Uh, the, the the strength of collaborating in a regional context makes a huge difference in in leveling the playing field for everyone that's in, you know interested in participating. Very true, Paul. Uh, those words you just spoke is is exactly is exactly what it, it, it's all about. And you know it's it's that you know we're we're finding ways to open up for more opportunity for success and nothing's guaranteed and nothing's for certain, you know, in the economic development world, having patience and understanding there. And plus with the pressures of what communities are facing today with tax assessment and the costs. So yeah, when you throw all that in, I, I like your description that, you know, dangerously a generalist and, you know, hoping for, hoping, uh, hoping for the best. Well, Bob, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention uh, just uh, in today's chat? Uh, you know, the door is open if there's anything you wanted to throw in here uh, as we get closer closer to wrapping up. Uh, not at the present time. Uh, Paul, I, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. I enjoy, you know, having a conversations like these with yourself and, you know, other individuals. And uh, I appreciate you allowing me to speak about the Alberta hub region where opportunity does come to life, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we it's, a, it's a good region, great people uh, here, and it all comes down to the people and the leadership we have here, which allows me to do what I can do. And I can't thank my chairman, uh, you know, Mayor Albers, the city of Lloyd Minster and the board of directors and the membership, uh, you know, for their support and how they've allowed me to do what I do, and uh, I can't thank them enough for their, you know, view of the world through a regional uh, approach. The culture here has been great. We have our ups and downs, like anything else, but uh, no, other than that, and again, Paul, I, I definitely look forward to joining you again on a future podcast and, you know, maybe going round two. <laughs> Sounds good, Bob. Well, thanks so much again, uh, We've uh, had the great pleasure of having with us uh, Bob Pispalco from uh, Alberta Hub Regional Economic Development. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bob, and uh, we really appreciate it and look forward to chatting with you again soon. Uh, you're welcome, Paul, and yeah, I look forward to our next round. Thank you so much.